The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk As our build-up to Royal Ascot continues on the final Furlong podcasts, given the fact that there is a proper international feel, then we got to bring in our international chief correspondent. I'm sure there's a better way of phrasing that, but my head's so fried I don't care. It's Peter Fornital, ladies and gentlemen, and the crowd goes wild. Oh, he's back. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's been a minute, my friend, but no better reason than ask it in this very interesting USA challenge that we have going over there. But what a great, truly international Olympic type feel this meeting is. Really excited to get into it with you here today. You know COVID is over when there's a proper international challenge for Royal Ascot. We've, it's been too long. Uh, and you're right, it has been a minute, brother, but it's great having you back on the show. Um, I'm sure that we'll be talking to you post-Royal Ascot as well to, to see how things went. Uh, before we talk about this American challenge, because it's, it's substantial, it's great that we also have a very strong Australian and Japanese challenge, because this was missing uh, a little bit too, with the exception maybe of, of Deirdre. Um, and... I mean, look, you're here to talk about the North American Forum, but just in terms of, of Royal Ascot as a showpiece event, I know that NBC cover it. Is it still the case that it's daytime on NBC? Is, is Nick Luck going to be standing there with the with his top hat and tails uh, <laughs> on, on American TV? Or has it slightly changed a little bit in terms of the, the amount of coverage it's getting? No, they, they, it's on the upswing. Um, it, it ha- it's only been on American TV, broadcast TV, for four or five years. And this year's no exception. We've got a great team of USA correspondents, some of whom you can hear on my airwaves. Of course, you're going to get plenty of coverage right here on Final Furlong. But uh, for for the In the Money uh, Players podcast, we're going to do a special series, Naomi and myself, covering all five days. Nick will be on one. He's part of the NBC coverage. I'm trying to get Brittany Erton, but uh, I think she's going to stand me up for this one. But that's okay. She's crazed. And it's it's a tough time of year here. We'll get her back on soon enough. But uh, Michelle Yu, another fantastic uh, broadcaster who I have the pleasure of working with here at In The Money Media on her Owner's Box show. She's going to be going over for a couple of days as well. Uh, our, our station, TVG, will be covering it. Scott Hazleton will be over for them. Every year, I feel like there's more and more interest in cross-pollination with Royal Ascot in the USA. Uh, the Whirlpool, such a, such a good thing in, in terms of allowing opportunities for international punters. And I'm hoping it's just the beginning, honestly. I mean, I've got some ambitious ideas for ways we could keep the competition going. You know, and, I, and I mean competition, literally, I have this vision for a Ryder Cup um, but maybe with, you know, more international interest where we get a team of punters from Hong Kong against Ireland, against uh, against England, against the USA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, my money's on Rob Dove. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say it right. What? You didn't say it sorry, right. Sorry, sorry, My money is on one of the top 10 pro punters in the UK, Rob Dove. What was the you forgot that today? What was, we'll let that in off the goalpost. What was the betting that I would be the one who'd say Rob Dove? Oh, and that's not, a, that was impossible. 
That was impossible. Uh, and I had it all teed up to talk about in the first race, actually. But. We, we have them scuppered now. But the, the fact is that it's not about uh, a jockey's challenge. This is a puncher's challenge. You've done this show before. We've talked about it on the final furlong. And that's a great idea. It's a, it's a brilliant thing. I'd love to see that develop as well. And hopefully it does. Um, because hopefully the, the only way is up now. Uh, other thing about the US challenge. Irad Ortiz. Now, a man on fire stateside. However, Wesley Ward is very much associated with Frankie Dettori at Royal Ascot, and that is not going to happen this year. It's it's a small but very high-quality team that Wesley Ward is bringing over, uh, and we'll break those runners down in a second. But what was your reaction to the news that Arad Ortiz is on the way over and Frankie, therefore, will not be used? I was not surprised to see that there'd be a USA rider riding some of the wards, because we've certainly seen that in the past. Um, where it's a, it's a divided challenge. But I imagine there are politics at play that we're not necessarily getting the full story on, right? Maybe, and it, you know, that's so often the case with these jockey musical chair stories. It might just be that now the Golden Pals regular rider is Arad Ortiz. They wanted him to come over and they said, you know, maybe Arad and his agent said, I'll come over, but I want to ride them all. I don't know that that happened, but it almost has that kind of a feel because you know that, you know that Wesley loves Dettori, and we all know how good Dettori is. So I suspect there's something that went on behind the scenes that allowed that, or there could have been more to it. Maybe one of the other rides, Dettori had something else in the race. It's, it's very, it's tricky. But in, a, in another way, it kind of makes sense to have one rider doing it in an unfamiliar uh, situation where you get a chance to really get used to the course and the idiosyncrasies. It can't be that Ascot is an easy place to ride for an American rider. It's so different. Yeah, that's a very fair point. And it is also intriguing that Ryan Moore is Cool Moore's number one jockey, so could easily be on Golden Powell, for example. Yeah. He could also be on Home Affairs, the Australian Raider, uh, who's owned by Cool Moore. But that's not the case. James McDonald will be on Home Affairs, uh, as far as we know, on in the Platinum Jubilee, and Arad Ortiz riding the Cool Moore horses for Wesley Ward. So very intriguing subplot. Just thought it was a, an important thing to mention. The aforementioned Golden Powell, so uh, he came over for, for York... Some horses just don't handle that track, but Wesley Ward has been really bigging him up. And Neil Callum was on a previous podcast, and he says, as far as he sees it, he was based in Hong Kong for a long time. It's the Far East against the Far West in in the King Stand. Uh, take me through Golden Pal. Is he really the speed machine that Wesley Ward is saying? He's a superstar. Now, you do have to take Wesley with a grain of salt because he is in the the group of trainers that I would describe as generally liking them all. You know, you, he, he, he is relentlessly positive, as it, which is probably the right attitude because his job is to just get them over there doing the best that they can. So maybe taking that relentlessly positive attitude helps him do that. And that's a great thing. Doesn't help punters though. So <laughs> you have to be a little careful. However, the things that he says about Golden Pal and the work he's done, particularly in North America, and, and those words are doing a lot of work in the sentence, suggest that the hype is worth it. I mean, this horse has absolutely been awesome when you look at the how these last couple races have been on the clock and to the eye. He is an, a really, really serious racehorse, but I have concerns, and, and they're mostly due to the attendant hype and the price and the fact that well, certainly his last run over there to anybody's eye was subpar. Even his other Ascot run, given how brilliant he's been subsequently, you know, it's fair to question how much he likes racing internationally versus domestically at this point. So as the favorite with 
as uh, as you you intimated, another serious international uh, challenger on display here. You know, Nature Strip being current second favorite to Golden Pal, that could be the wrong way around. So with that in mind, as far as rooting goes, I'll be thrilled to see Golden Pal win Breeders' Cup champion, just an awesome horse. But I think Nature Strip might be the way to bet. Okay, that's good because I've backed Nature Strip, so I'm I'm feeling, I'm feeling <laughs> much happier about that. <laughs> no, uh, although I listen, if Golden Pal turns out to be the speed machine that that Wesley is saying, then fair enough. He did say the fastest he's ever trained. Yes, he did give it the old best horse I've ever trained, which which isn't part of his usual rhetoric. They're usually all doing great; they're all going to run well. But that does seem like a special uh, sobriquet you'd break out for the for the right one. But I I just. I wouldn't go too crazy at too short of a number. I had somebody the other day, should I put it all on this horse? And I didn't know. You know it's always, first of all, it's horse racing and anything can happen. And second of all, I, I think the, the market might be wrong. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Aussies think their horse is the best sprinter in the world. So we shall see. I, I'd be surprised if any of ours can land a blow. Um, you know, Munist is coming over from, from Ireland. Uh, romantic Proposal goes for the Platinum Jubilee, which I think is, is more interesting target for her. And I just don't think, I think our sprinters just beat one another. So it's going to be fascinating to see a North American and Australian Raider up against them. And we'll see how they, they do. But that, that's going to be a, a fascinating race. And the, the warning is there, but also mad respect as well. Uh, late September, not trained by Wesley Ward, uh, George or Arnold the second. Uh, by Munnings out of a Lemon Drop Kid mare. Uh, you know my affinity for Lemon Drop Kids. So this horse is going to run in the Coventry. Talk to me about George or Arnold and how he's joined the American raiding party on Ascot. Well, around here, we just call him Rusty. Rusty. And he has, he's had some decent runners, or at least one decent runner. He had Artos last year. Very good trainer, very respected somebody whose horses get better with their racing, and he tends to be very patient. So if he's sending one, to ask it like that in and of itself for, for a, uh, a trainer who, you know, really uh, takes his time. That's saying something. The issue with late September is just a question of, uh, of how fast this horse is. Cause that, because on the clock, this is one that maybe doesn't, uh, doesn't quite measure up to what I'm expecting the, uh, the best of the local contingent to be able to, to be able to put down. Now uh, that said, um, this is a horse that has run only twice, both times on dirt going four and a half. And you mentioned lemon drop kid on the dam side, productive female family Munnings more, more known for sprinting, but they can go a bit farther too. So the idea of getting onto the green and going a bit farther, those things should both be in this one's favor but the, the fact is, though, we're dealing, he's a real, this Louisiana bread is a real long shot, I think, against this level of competition. It's a fascinating story to follow, and one of the cleverest names on the day, if you're a Rod Stewart fan, I'm sure you noticed that, damn, uh, hello, Maggie May, for late September. But, uh, for you know, for the, those ancient rock and roll fans amongst your audience, which I know there are at least a few, but I, I, I think it's going to, you know, late September is probably up against it, but I may have a sentimental flutter. I love that. Um, I absolutely love that. Uh, right, Love Reigns, back to Wesley Ward. So a U.S. Navy flag in the Queen Mary stakes. Where have we seen this before? Um, yeah, exactly. We've, he, seen, we've seen them win four times before, first of all. This goodness. is the race 
that he's really done his best work in. Yeah, particularly in, in these colours as well. So uh, she was very impressive, won by nine and three quarters of a length uh, at Keeneland. Keeneland is a serious track as well, obviously. Uh, I, I know that Sky were tweeting about her. Um, and of course, you were working for Sky all week too, uh, along with our, our good friend, Oshin Murphy, who we'll be talking to on, on TalkSport throughout the week. So uh, we'll be watching Sky's coverage and uh, listening out for extra tidbits of information from yourself and from Oshin. Uh Talk to me about this, Philly, because she was devastatingly impressive. And when she's wearing these colors and trained by this man, you know, we're all taking notice. It was awesome visually. And I think it was pretty good on the clock. Now, it's a hard, hard time figure to make because it was the only turf sprint on the day and there was no established form. The first four or five home were all first time starters. So you have to get very clever looking at a previous day's variant for the turf sprint course, et cetera, et cetera. But one professional figure maker I spoke to had it at an 85 on our buyer speed figure scale. The other had it as a 90. So these are not the kind of insane time figures you saw from a lady Aurelia or a Kamari from the ward team, but they're very competitive with the others who've run well. I think she's excellent. She's the one of the ward team that I'm that I'm the most interested in in this spot. I'm not giving anything away at three to one, but I'm going to get involved with Love Reigns. I, I just the eye suggests that there's a lot more to come with this one. Yeah, and this is where most of the success has come from uh, for Wesley as well. So I suspect she's going to be very heavily gambled on uh, come the day. And uh, who knows? Maybe our expert team will be slicing into her as well. Um, Seismic Spirit, again, for Wesley Ward, a Bellardo out of an Ifrage mare. This one on the clock, not nearly as impressive. And I find it uh, 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 probably on the Ward hype, maybe takes more money than, than is going to be, than is going to be warranted. I don't have, I don't have anything particularly, uh, particularly clever on this one. He's done fine with maidens heading over there. That's not really the issue. You know, we saw Acapulco win as a maiden and even Golden Pal ran. So he ran a winning race as a maiden, even though I still contend it wasn't the, the absolute top form. Um, this is an interesting, it's a, you know, this is an interesting horse going forward um, by a Bellardo. The footnote there being w- with American racing history at, at Ascot. Isn't Bellardo one of the ones who ran in behind the behind Teppen back in her magic run right. there? But yeah. I think I, I get why they're trying seismic spirit with this blood at Ascot, but I, it's it's a big ask. Okay, um, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf winner Pizza Bianca comes over for Christoph Clement, and this is a horse that uh, but you and Naomi were a big fan of last season. Uh, and in the same race, we've also got Graham Motion's uh, Spinderella. So let's go with Pizza Bianca first of all. Uh, she's one we we already know. Terrific that she's coming over. Uh, Second on her prep race, though. She she did have she, she's looked really good. I mean, the when she hasn't when she hasn't won, she's got excuses. And when she's the, the when she's really done well, there are reasons to say, hey, you know that race could have even been better. When you look at things like uh, closing sectionals, she's a little bit slow. That that's my issue. When you look at her time figures compared to the best of these. And this goes for both her and Spenderella. I just think they're both, they're both probably a little bit too slow to be, to beat the best of the European contingent. I mean, I think that a runner 
like Sharing, who went also Breeders' Cup juvenile Phillies champion, went over heavily bet um, in this race a couple of years ago, ran creditably, but she was faster and she didn't get the job done. So I think it's tough. I mean, I can throw a blanket a bit over my comments on these two runners because I think that they it's sort of the same thing. They're just a little bit lower than the established level that I think it's going to take to win a race like this. It's, it's, this is a different ball game. We've had some success in, in non-two-year-old races, but it's a lot harder for the USA contingent when you're talking about uh, these older horses in the established form. Yeah, and you've also got horses who are coming back, like Inspiral. I spoke to John Gosden last week about her. Uh, very pleased with her. She is drifting in the market, but that's understandable. Uh, Homeless Songs was devastating in the Irish 1000 Guineas, and Discoveries is capable of a much better run than she showed in the 1000 Guineas at Newmarket. Um, just a, a brief word on, on Spinderella. Uh, Sort of a, a Niarchos uh, breeding line here. Don't think that got got past me. Uh, the Breeders' Cup no. Mile winner is the Stallion, and uh, late to the table, but has made up made up ground very quickly. Uh, beginning in February this year, uh, and three from three, Gulfstream Park two, and and Keeneland last time out. Uh, Keeneland would be the, the track you're you're more drawn towards. What has the the talk been from Graham Motion about her coming over? That's a good question. I haven't heard Graham's quotes specifically about her, but it certainly speaks volumes that he knows how hard it is to win at Ascot, particularly in, in a in a race for uh, three-year-olds or up, having had the experience bringing over Animal Kingdom years ago. So, he, you know, you know, he's not just doing that lightly. What I really like about Spenderella is her tactical speed. She can lead, but she's not headstrong. She can also sit and quicken. I just feel like she is more suited to USA racing. I think that tight turn left-handed um, ability to control a race from the front end. I think the extra stamina that comes into play at a, the more, much more galloping configuration um, at, at a place like Ascot, I don't think that's her friend. If she was a little bit faster, I'd probably get interested at the right price. I wouldn't rule her out. And depending on how, you know, when we really have final fields and can look at a pace map, let's see if maybe she's just going to be able to work out an absolutely perfect trip. And, and I could see getting interested in her, but I'm inclined at the moment to hang fire. You know, neither of these are ones I'd be looking to lay at current prices, but they're not exciting enough that I'm looking to back them either. Okay. Great that they're coming over. Interesting to put them into the mix, but the Europeans should have a little bit too much, basically, is the takeaway. Uh, Commonwealth Cup, Slipstream, again for Christoph Clement, uh, a more than ready out of a stormy Atlantic uh, mare, um, and a winner last time out, of course, in beating uh, Twilight Gleaming at, at Keeneland, uh, was also part of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf against Modern Games. So obviously they've decided sprinting is very much his bag, and it was five and a half furlongs when he won last time. Yeah, this was an interesting runner, because even when they were sprinting slipstream last year there was talk even after that futurity win they they, they never questioned it they were always going to try the stretch out but i think you're right there's just been a realization that that, that this horse is going to be much better um or at least better if not much better going shorter it's an it's an interesting spot it's it's sort of the same problem with all of these non-two-year-olds in the, you know, except for uh, Golden Pal in the American contingent. When I look at just what the time figures they're, they're running are, 
it seems hard for me to accept the idea that there isn't going to be some of the locals who are a little bit better than Slipstream. But Slipstream is a cool horse and one to keep an eye on for USA turf sprinting purposes down the line. Okay. So definitely one for the tracker, maybe not for Royal Ascot. Uh, what about Ruthen? Again, with Wesley Ward. Uh, this is a, a ribchester. Amy Lynham did a, a great piece with us on the Final Forum podcast about uh, pedigrees. We already have one, an, an additional one recorded and another one to come out. It's just a matter of when do you release them. Uh, but Spotify will drop them soon enough. So you Bloodstock fans, more great content on the way for you. Uh, Ripchester's doing very well. Uh, and out of a Selkirk mare, Various options uh, for, for Royal Ascot. Does have an entry in the Kingstown, but Commonwealth Cup looks the way they're going to go. Um, so That's same, what I've heard. Same question then applies, basically, about this fellow. Yeah, I mean, Ruth, and this this is one that I've been a big, I've been a big fan of hers ever since that maiden win at, uh, at, at Keeneland last year, and I liked her. I, I liked her potential as an Ascot horse last year. The return to the races was good and suggests that she has trained on it's a problem once again i just look at the strong local contingent and it's just hard to say that a usa horse that runs about a 90 buyer speed figure can be i, I don't think you can back with any confidence uh, just given the difficulty and I, I apologize for sounding like a broken record but it's it really is to me the theme of this year's group is you know, that you're, you're, it's just such a big ask. I mean, I, I backed her last year. She was, um, she was three to one. She went off the favorite in the Windsor castle. She's only beaten three and a half by, uh, by Chipotle. So it's not, it's not, as I'm looking at her more, I'm like finding myself wanting to make the case, but then I just look at who all else is expected to be in the field. And it's hard, it's hard to do so with any confidence. I, I guess with some of these Americans, I'll let price be the guy. And I'm hoping maybe we see, drifts on the day and they get to bettable prices, but it's nothing. Let me put it this way. It's nothing you want to be planning your, your, your meeting around. Yeah, I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair point, Pete. Uh, also, yeah. I, I, uh, you're saying sound like a broken record. I, I have to apologize. Uh, and I apologize to anybody I offended. I misgendered Ruthen. Philly, not, not a fella. Sorry. Ruthen is, is very much a film. She doesn't mind. Unless she, mind. unless she identifies as a squirrel or something. I, I don't know. Uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole, my man. Uh, we'll do, 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 quick course correction. Uh, and the winner is uh, for Wayne Catalano. Now, I've obviously butchered that pronunciation. By Oscar performance out of a Scat Daddy mare. Scat Daddy is obviously all the rage. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the trainer and uh, what the plan is with this horse for Royal Ascot? Catalano's excellent. He has a fantastic record in the Breeders' Cup, which tells you that he knows how to point for a big meeting and get horses there in fine fettle. I actually like him to pull off a major upset or at least run second in the big group one, the Met Mile at Belmont on Saturday. Hopefully the show doesn't drop after that's already happened. Unless the horse does well, then in that case, you know, hey, I'll take the... It's coming take out the beforehand, baby. Plots. It's coming out beforehand. Oh, the, there you the, go. The final Furlong podcast station get some early Royal Ascot gravy. Let's go. <laughs> I love this pedigree, okay? Oscar performance. What a cool horse. Stands with my friends over at Mill Ridge here in the USA. And I am so excited to see these babies. Oscar performance who ran without Lasix and won, I think he won grade ones, two, three, four, and five. Just a really cool horse. 
and a really promising sire. And then you mentioned the damn side of the pedigree as well, where you've got Scat Daddy, who needs absolutely no introduction. With that pedigree, you'd think that the five and a half flat at, at Keeneland would have been too sharp. Now, he benefited from the fact that there was a bit of a pace collapse in there, which probably brought a bit of his stamina into play. And the form of that race has uh, worked out okay, and it was visually excellent. All that said, 68 time figure, I ain't going to get it done necessarily. I mean, there's reasons to improve, but is there is there enough improvement to win in a meeting like Ascot? I, I think they'd be happy with just a good a good run and, you know, a chance to each way chance, but, but very hard to see um, unless the step up is just immense and much bigger than I'm thinking for, for this one to get going. Um, about 16 to one. Is that what you're seeing on this one? 16s. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'd want bigger, honestly. It's, it's not, you know, you're, it is a tie. That's a, this is, is shaping up to be a very tricky race. So it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, again, a confident selection by any means, but, but a really interesting running runner to follow. And I absolutely am gaga over that pedigree. Okay. And, Lots of lot to like. You want you want more. You want a bigger price. So we'll put it out to Kaluki. We'll say, can we get a bigger price? Because the American expert wants it. Let's see how that goes down. <laughs> Maybe don't say it that way. Yeah. Maybe say you know somebody who likes the name. Can we get a bet on this horse and yeah. see if that works? We're, we're screwed because they listen to the show. Uh, so oh, we're, we're absolutely uh, screwed. Oh, no, uh, we'll get Rob to to WhatsApp them first before the show goes live. All right. Um, I mean, Rob's corner won't be marked at all. Uh, Aloha West is the name of the horse then that we should be looking out for on Saturday evening uh, for Wayne. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. He's a long shot. That race, though, is awesome. That I mean, it's Belmont Stakes, and we're supposed to talk about that, I suppose. But Met Mile, I know it's a short field, but this flight line, folks don't know. I mean, he runs by appointment only, only three times. But but he's putting up some incredibly impressive Ooh. time figures. And if he does what he's supposed to do, he's going to put on a show, but he's got a real horse facing him in speaker's corner. And if they ride it right, they're going to ride it like a match. And I think it might bring some of that Aloha West closing kick into play. So if you want to bet him, I'd bet him to win. And I'd play him in forecast under each of those two with the thought that if they do a one will crack and Aloha West can come by and grab second for us. And then maybe if all goes right, if you get 10 to one or something, you can bet them to win as well. Well, there's no way I'm back in flight line. You're going to be short. He beat <laughs> baby Yoda. <laughs> Who beats baby Yoda? <laughs> shouldn't they have, shouldn't they have renamed him Grogu? I'm just, yeah, of course. Yeah. The, the, the request should have gone in instantly. and gone Grogu. Uh, Cause someone else is going to nick that now and you're screwed. Um, Baby Yoda. Uh, I love the, the Mandalorian and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, available to watch now. Uh, Campanelle, so it's the last horse we're going to talk about uh, with you today, my brother. And this is, of course, running in the uh, Platinum Jubilee Stakes. So Australia um, and Chris Waller have got two chances to win at Royal Ascot in the Kingstand and the Platinum Jubilee. And so does Wesley Ward in America, because with Golden Pal, then comes Campanelle. Uh, controversially awarded the race at Royal Ascot last year. Remember now, you're going to be beside Oshin Murphy at, on Sky during the week, so be very, very careful how you talk about Dragon Symbol. I know. Uh, I'm already on record. I'm already on record saying I made the biggest bet of the meet last year that, that she would get the race, but I don't, we don't need to tell him that. Oh, God. 
He just found out, man. He listens as well. Oh, God almighty. Uh, Oshie Murphy will be reviewing days one and two of Royal Ascot on the Final Forum podcast with us as well. Neil Callan breaking down three, four, and five. Uh, so Campanelle and her prospects of adding to her illustrious Royal Ascot CV. I love her. The, I, this, is the, this is the America that I think has the best chance. She Let's just ran, go! Uh, she ran a career best race in the Giants Causeway. She loves it around here. Um, you know, we won't talk too much about what happened last year, but I think we can all agree she ran a winning race. Um, it, and, and I think, you know, it's just logical that she is going to be better suited n- going shorter and not on heavy ground. I mean, that, those were not her conditions. I think she really did that on her toughness and class. Obviously, we got a Queen Mary winner on display here as well. And then, yeah, you give me one that loves the course for the Ward Barn, the littlest bit, just the littlest bit under the radar, maybe with everything else going on. And, uh, and, and, and I'm super interested. I mean, I'm now, you know, I am a known member of, of the, of, of the fan club with this one. And, and you could say that maybe I'm being a, a little bit of a Homer, but seven to one is pleasing price on, uh, on one as good as Campanelli. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all about, I'm all about her. I'll be back in her. I'm a little bit surprised that she's as big a price as she is. But what's better, and just to, to really emphasize this, when you smile, it comes through in your voice. Peter Fornatel wasn't just smiling, he was gleaming. He was beaming. <laughs> I, I don't know how many digital dockets you've got on this horse, but I suspect it's a considerable amount. And It's, um, it's more as a fanboy, to be fair. I hear what you're saying, you're not wrong. But this is not necessarily i'm drooling at the wagering opportunity i like the wagering opportunity i'm drooling as a fan to get to go and uh and see her run i love this you know we've never had an american horse win three times at ask it mm. so i mean what what great history that would be and she's just i mean I, I i just think she's getting just looking at the figures and looking at her form i think she's getting better and Lady Aurelia was all set to do it until she bombed out in the King stand. And what would be beautiful exactly. about this is that she's done; she will have done it at two, three, and four in different races. So that yeah, that would be cool. that would be really cool if she can do it. Uh, so Campanelle in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes, you just got to overcome the home affairs angle, and then you're all you're all gravy. Um, the Waller team are purring about that horse, but I, yeah. I'm with I'm with Campanelle, and particularly when you're you're uh, adding in that extra juice as well. Given all of the horses we've talked about, my friend, uh, who are you most excited about betting from a European perspective? So we'll we'll steal something from Sky for you for you now uh, for, for listeners. So uh, a European bet that you're going to have, and overall, then who do you think is the strongest U.S. selection? All right, I've got one, and this one uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just admit this is straight from, and I I haven't said it yet on the show, so I need to anyway. Rob Dove, one of the top ten pro punters in the UK today. If you had about thirty minutes uh, for, for when my first mention was going to be, you've you've cashed your bet. But he was making a very compelling case for Grand Glory, who's been uh, who's been supplemented now um, for the Prince of Wales. Who I and and it's a very good case on form, on figures, on on how well Grand Glory has shipped in the past. So there there's a domestic. I mean, unless that doesn't count, does France count? Well, I probably just offended a lot of English people by calling a French horse domestic. Sacre bleu! The European, oh, the European runners will say it. We'll say it that way. The European runners. I'll put in a. I'll put in a shout for that one. And from the from the. You're USA calling leading- us British, I do. <laughs> 
Oh, Matt, you know French? What's going on? I'm upsetting everybody now, which is okay. This is my usual my usual state of affairs. But, but you know, if, that, if that market though, me, that market is going to correct because obviously it's very orientated towards Bay Bridge and Sharayar, uh, as uh, Neil Callan corrected me earlier on. Thank you very much, Neil. Uh, so once the the betting fully corrects, Grand Glory should be a much shorter price than, than she is. So yeah, I would completely that's, that. that's his angle, exactly. So, I mean, if you can grab that, you know, I don't know if you're going to, by the time this drops, I don't know that the eights will be around, but it, it's not like it was a mistake, though. I think you're right. It will correct, but it's not, it's not like it's some accidental price that's going to disappear in 12 seconds. I just yeah. think, you know, I, I wouldn't snooze on that one. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And and in terms of, you know, of, of the horses we talked about on the show, nature strip i mean just in terms of how likely of a winner but then also campanel i mean those are those are three that i'm definitely going to be uh, betting in my pocket this royal Ascot. so nature strip grand glory campanel there is the peter fornital patent for royal ascot 2022 and i look forward to breaking down with you how it all went so well for the americans or how it didn't. Uh, hopefully, seeing as we're very much going to be following you in, uh, hopefully it goes really well. Uh, enjoy the trip, brother. When do you arrive? I will read... I, oh, I should give you the Belmont winner, too. Oh, yes, I? please. I, I meant to ask you this, because so, I was going to say, am I out of the ballpark with Nest? No, no. She's super interesting. Um, she had a really tough trip that nobody's talking about in the Oaks. She, she was idling, stuck down inside when the winner got the run of the race outside. The problem is, is there going to be enough speed for her? Um, and, and, you know, cause she does, she probably needs some help on the front end, but for your exactas use nest all day long. And, the, but if you made me, if you made me give a top pick in the race, I just think the pace sets up so well for we, the people. So, you know, it, look at the prices. If we, the people's morning line, only two to one, that's, that's not exciting. But he could drift up from there. Nested about eight to one. Very, very interesting each way possibility. But I think the bet might be if you want to do forecasts or exact as whatever, whatever, bet the Derby winner out. You know, I think it was a fluke. 80 to one Kentucky Derby winner. I'm just going to play against him and I'll play Nest, Mo Donegal, and Creative Minister and We the People in various combinations and try to uh, try to get. Try to get the top two out from those four, um, assuming the prices are good enough, and, and we'll do that. And as for coming over, yeah, I uh, do Belmont. We're going to have a big old day at Belmont on Saturday, a little bit of R&R Sunday, and then Red Eye out. Windsor will be at Windsor on the Monday. If any listeners are there, come and say hi. I'll be the guy with the hat hanging out with Barry Faulkner. Ah, uh, the legend, the absolute legend. Looking forward to having Barry back on the show soon. And, um, uh, and you're at Ascot then for the entire week with, uh, with Sky. Five days on Sky. You can catch much more in the moneypodcast.com. Dove is actually going to be doing some write-ups for us um, as well. That's uh, that's on our the, the paid portion of our site in the moneypodcast.com slash plus, but we'll probably have him do a couple things outside the paywall as well, just over at the regular in the moneypodcast.com. And yeah, it's always great fun interacting with listeners. I had such a great time in uh, in in Ireland at Punchestown. And, and there were, you know, it was great getting to talk to so many people. And obviously folks know from, you know, Sky and whatnot, but there's there's still folks who know me from this show. And that's all that's always a hoot too. Though very humbling when they're like, Oh, I, I know you from the podcast. I'm like, oh great, you love in the money media? And they're like, No, 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 final furlong. Like, okay, we'll take it. It's in off the goalpost. 
The, listen, we're the we're the sister show. You know, you're That's the sister right. show. We're the sister show. That's how it works. And uh, yeah, it's it's great to see the success that you're having. Um, nobody works harder than you, but uh, man, do you deserve the success? So uh, we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Uh, we're not on Talksport. We'll be watching uh, Sky's coverage. Uh, Sky have every race from Royal Ascot, the only channel where you can watch every single race from Royal Ascot uh, for all the entire week. If you want to go and do the whole NordVPN uh, slip into the American stream, you can do that. Of course you can. And watch Nick and the team uh, do the NBC coverage. Great that that's still going for full afternoon coverage. And Nick does an, a stellar job, uh, as always. So you can NordVPN your way uh, through that one. Or you can watch Sky's coverage with Peter Fornatel, Oshin Murphy, and the whole crew. Uh, and it should be an awful lot of fun. Yeah, say hi to Chapman for us. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Mo, Mo, Donegal, Mo Donegal, Nest, and uh, We the People are the three so in, in the Belmont. Yeah, don't forget Creative Minister if, you, if you're doing exact as two. You could, put him, you could put him in there. And Nick works harder than me, by the way. Yeah. Chapman, I'm not so sure. Oh, God. Mo Donegal, 9 to 4. We the People, 11 to 4. Creative Minister, 6 to 1. Nest, 7s. Taking out that rich strike, 9 to 2. It was a fluke. Kentucky Derby winner, a fluke. Pete's words, not you may mine. kick sand in my face again, but I'm willing to take that chance. Anybody who tells you, hey, you balls that up, go tell them to kick rocks. Take care, my friend. Enjoy Ryle Ascot and have a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Peter Fornatel, make sure you check out his work at InTheMoneyPlayerPodcast.com. Uh, and you know about the In The Money Player podcast are fantastic, particularly Naomi's and Pete's. And great that they're going to be doing so much work at Royal Ascot. And uh, of course, you'll see Pete on Skype. Be sure and go over and say hello to him. So great being out with you, and let's talk soon. Thanks so much for listening. More Royal Ascot coverage coming your way right here at the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast owner's morning on Saturday, April. April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever bought. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experience experienced traders with instant withdrawals and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kalugi also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalugisportsbook.co.uk.